This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm your host, Sean. Uh, Susie is uh, prepping for a tournament, uh, so she's going to miss uh, tonight's show, but uh, we wish her good luck in the tournament, and uh, I'm sure she's going to crush it, uh, and she'll be back with us next week, hopefully. Uh, but tonight, I'm going to fly solo, and um, uh, one of the things that I, I really started doing uh, to try and help me find guests is I when I have a guest on, I'll, I'll talk to them after the show's over and just say, hey, you know do you have any idea of who I should uh, talk to uh, and, and what should I talk to them about? And, and um, so if you guys remember uh, a week or two ago, we had Craig die on the show and uh, he is a wealth of knowledge uh, about all things kayak fishing. Uh, one of the OGs of the sport and uh, definitely gave us a great interview and uh, tons of juice. And uh, so before I got off the air, uh, you know, ended the call with him, uh, I picked his brain a little bit and said, you know, who else should I have on, you know, and uh, he's like, well, I got there's a guy down here by me, uh, total hammer. He's been like kicking butt in the tournaments. And um, so uh, he gave me the name of Joe Gaten to reach out to. So I uh, reached out to Joe and asked him if he would be willing to come on the show. And uh, he was nice enough to accept. So uh, welcome to the show, Joe. How you doing? Good to Good, be here. Man. 
Glad to be. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I know you also are uh, prepping for a tournament too, so I appreciate you taking a little bit of time uh, to step away from that just for a sec to, you know, uh, talk with us here tonight. Um, wanted to give you a, a, for the folks who don't know you, um, obviously uh, Craig Dye endorsement is a pretty good uh, endorsement for sure. But uh, for anybody yeah. who's not familiar with you, um, why don't you let them know who you are, kind of where you're from, and maybe a little bit about your history and fishing and, and how you got into kayak fishing, how you got to be where you are today. Sure. My name is Joseph Gate, and I go by G-Man in Georgia. I uh, started kayak fishing probably around 2015. Uh, and I sit inside America 11. Uh, so <laughs> I fished outside of work, uh, after work, and uh, fished, started fishing on Lake, on Lake Alatoona a lot. Put, putting in and then kind of graduated from there. I got into a vibe kayak, moved to South Carolina for three years, I think, something like that. Started fishing some online events. I wasn't quite comfortable fishing live events simply because money was tight. Um, and I just didn't want to go out there and just throw away money. I wanted to be able to work my way through the month and maybe come away with some money, you know. Um, but during that time, I was able to fish probably 20 to 30 days a month. Um, wow. and I fished all the time. I'd fish all night, work all day and then do it again. So <laughs> it gave me a lot of time to really learn stuff about large mouth and spots there. And then I eventually moved back to Georgia and started getting more into live events. Um, I, I had some comp confidence from a little bit that I did fish in South Carolina. So I came down to Georgia and started fishing around with PSKA, Peach State Kayak Anglers. Um, I fished with Georgia Kayak Fishing League and Real Crazy Kayak Fishing League, and I've been fishing with uh, the Georgia Bass Nation here as well. Okay, and uh, what what's your uh, success been? I know Craig said you've been doing really well, and uh, um, he, he spoke highly of you. So I was curious uh, what your season has been like so far. Yeah, um, I, I, two years ago I won the Angler of the Year for Real Crazy and Peach State in the same year. Nice. I won last year. I won the Angler of the Year for the Georgia Bass Nation here in Georgia. Um, I have won numerous events, and I and I am ha happy and blessed to say that I have cashed a lot of checks, which helps fund my fishing endeavors. <laughs> so um, it's it, it, I, I can't say it's really skill because uh, a, a lot of it, I think, is just luck. You just happen to just find the right spot, and boom, there they are, and they just bite. And when it's your time. You couldn't mess anything up. They're coming to the. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I I feel like if you're doing it consistent consistently enough, then there's a little more than luck involved. But uh, uh, sure. what kind of what kind of kayak did you say you're fishing out of now? Now I have a Hobie PA three sixty fourteen. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm I'm hoping to step up. I have an Outback right now, and I'm hoping to step up to the PA at some point. You know, in the not too distant future. That's uh, definitely on the horizon. But uh, I'm not a I'm a smaller guy. I, I'm only five foot eight, you know, and uh, so the the outback fits me pretty well and does pretty much everything I need it to do. Um, would you say you're more of a, a lake guy than a river guy, or do you fish much moving water? Uh, I love moving water. River is king. Um, if if the bite's good on the river, that's where I'm going. Um, I'll, I'll take that PA fourteen through some gnarly stuff. I try to break it. I don't take the drive out. Just run it over and keep going. Yeah, we have no, I've, on the river here, and it's it's a great fishery. That's awesome. I know, I I know uh, I 
uh, I live about 15 minutes from the Susquehanna. So I spend a lot of time there. And uh, when I first got the Hobie, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're taking that on the river. You know, you're going to kill that. And, you know, two and a half years of fishing pretty hard on the river and pretty consistently and knock on wood, I haven't uh, screwed up my drive yet. I mean, the, the kickup fins really do their job. And oh, yeah. uh, so, uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to, you know, still on my original fins and masts and all that fun stuff. I know quite a few of my friends who've bent masts and stuff, but uh, luckily, luckily enough for me, I, I've managed to keep mine in pretty good shape. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a game changer for the rip for the rivers. If you don't have a motor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How many of the, the events you fish allow motors? I know a lot of ours are here uh, around me uh, don't allow motors. I know the, the main league that I, the kayak, uh, uh, kayak anglers of Pennsylvania that I fish, uh, that's, they're still kind of human powered, you know, so you can pedal, but, uh, they don't allow motors, but I know it's starting to get a push where even they're starting to consider it. Yeah. Um, all the trails around here allow motors. Um, besides when you go to Queen city, which I applaud Vinny for staying strong. Um, I, I like that. I just recently got a motor, uh, two months ago and, okay. Uh, I just got a old hand me down, so that's <laughs> it. I mean, I, I I can pedal faster than that thing pushes me. <laughs> right, right. I and I that was one thing. Uh, we just uh, had our annual meetup down at Dale Hollow, and uh, I think I was one of the only hosts that didn't have a motor. But I, I think I held my own uh, pedaling the Outback. I was able to keep up with the guys with the motors for the most part. I did get uh, towed around a little bit uh, when we were making super long runs. But sure. I think for the most part, I was able to keep up with them pretty well. So I was pretty happy. Although uh, a motor is another thing on my wish list that hopefully isn't super far away because uh, I saw just firsthand experience there, uh, you know, paddling or going around Dale Hollow with uh, how much of a an advantage a motor can be too. So um, yeah, hopefully that is on my wish list. Oh, I know um, talking before the show, uh, you mentioned that uh, one of the uh, uh, techniques that has really, uh, you've really uh, kind of, you know, used to your advantage and, and actually, you know, cashed quite a few checks on was the Nigo rig. And, um, you know, for the longest time, the wacky rig was one of my uh, go-to baits, my confidence baits. Um, but uh, the Nico rig, you know, is somewhat similar uh, uh, with the addition of the, I guess, the the nail weight or whatever you want to do to weight the end of it. Um, but that's one thing that I never quite got the hang of. So I'm, I'm very interested to see, you know, what you can tell me about that, you know. Um, you know, figured I'd start off with, you know, what brought you to that and and kind of where you started throwing it and, and how you first kind of found success with it. Sure. Um, I don't really remember why I started throwing it. Um, I, I think it was cause I just love to fish fast and it, it helps get the worm down there. Even so, even though sometimes you use a lightweight, you get to wait a, a little bit, but when they want a more subtle, a more finesse presentation, it's, it's a way to go. I think even over a shake, shaky head, cause I can bring this thing through, a lot of timber that I just haven't found a shaky head that'll come through it well yet. Um, and I can fish a bigger worm as, as on the, on the weight as opposed to a shaky head to where you, you're only allowed so big of a worm. And then you got to have an extra wide gap hook on the shaky head and it becomes more of a, almost a power technique at that point. But uh, gotcha. yeah, um, I started fishing it, I believe just before 
Lake Hartwell last year. Um, I started throwing it a lot, and it, it's, it's really good around bed fishing because um, I, I like the hookup ratio on it because it's an open hook. Mm-hmm. If you can keep that worm from rolling on that hook, you know, sometimes you'll skip a wacky rig or something and the the worm will roll and you get the fat part inside the, the bend of the hook. Um, yep. if, if, if you kind of watch that and kind of watch the way you cast, you're going to have almost 100% hookup rate ratio with the Nico rig. Gotcha. And um, so for the folks that don't know what a Nico rig is, let's let's break that down a little bit. Um, it's usually uh, a worm uh, hooked in the middle. The hook is usually in line with the worm, correct? Now, do you do a yep. uh, hook facing away from the head or towards the head? Away uh, opening. from the head. Okay. Yep. So the band Gotcha. And then um, usually it's hooked somewhere in the middle, uh, kind of wacky rig-esque, if you will. And yep. then uh, generally some kind of weight in the front, uh, yes. in the in, in the nose. Let's see, I have a hook here. I'll just go ahead and hook one up so everybody can follow along. I'm going to make you big here. Sure. So we have a little O-ring here. I use size 10. You can use a bigger size, but fat, fatter worm. There's two types of worms that I like, the Daiwas and the Maxent. I always tend towards the purple colors, and Daiwas and the Mizu, I believe is what it is. You just want to put your worm in there. I put it, there's like a little, what they call it, egg sack or something there. Yep. I put it at the top of the egg sack on all the worms. I don't go any lower because I, I want that hook up here so I have less of this because if you if you th- if you think about it, if you watch the fish when they eat it, they normally going to suck it in the middle. So you want that hook in the you know to get as far back in their throat as possible. Gotcha. Uh, well, and you mostly uh you're uh, mostly using Senko style baits or like bigger stick bait kind of uh, plastics? Yep. Um Five or six inch. Sometimes I go down to a four, um, but I, I I tend to use these two worms the most. I, I found the the success rate because of the salt. I can get away with a lighter weight. That way, it'll 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 drop fast as well. Gotcha, gotcha. So you just take your uh, little Nico weight. This is an Eagle Claw one thirty second. Just a cheap weight because you are gonna lose them. You'll shove <laughs> it to the end there. Make sure it's nice and straight. And you can take some uh some super glue. I suggest the blue when the red is not that great and just put a small dab on there just to hold the weight in. And then I use the G finesse size two, I believe it is hooks by Gamagatsu. They have okay. the little keepers on here, a little small weed keep keepers. And then you always want to get some of the worm in there behind the, the O-ring. You always want to get some of that meat because that O-ring will slip. But, uh, if you get some of that worm in there, it'll it'll last through a lot of cast. Gotcha, so, gotcha. That's what it looks like. Okay, and um, you so you usually uh, uh, what? How do you change your weights up depending on uh, depth or what? What causes you to use different weights? Um, basically, uh, the wind. Um, if gotcha. I want to fish uh, offshore a l- little bit, a little deeper, say uh, fifteen to twenty feet, then I'll go to a bigger weight. These are just a. Uh, um, I think these are VMCs here. This is like a, a 316s, and I got a quarter ounce. But I, I try to keep it lightweight. But if I'm kind of, you know, you, you'll see fishermen come through with a half ounce jig on these docks. Just pitch it in there, let it fall, bump it a couple times, reel it up. So when I want to do that with a worm, I'll just throw on a bigger weight there and 
you know, I, I can do basically the same thing with a different type of bait. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I was curious about that because I know you said you like to fish fast and, and I, you know, normally I would think of this as not the quickest, although adding the weight definitely, uh, you know, as opposed to throwing a weightless wacky rig, where you're just waiting and waiting and waiting yeah. for, as it falls. I mean that it's doing its thing, but it also takes a long time. And I actually started throwing weighted rack wacky rigs, uh, you know, because I kind of got impatient with the fall too, and still found success doing that. Um, sure. But the the weight then is on the hook, and it to me it makes it a little easier for them to throw it. You know, it's it's not as uh, you know. I think the hookup ratio suffers a little bit when you do that. But I think that's where um, now. Would you um, uh, going back to kind of where you throw this? Like what when what says to you when you pull up to a spot? Oh, this is going to be a good spot to throw. Uh, the Nico, like, uh, is there something you're looking in particular for, like a certain water depth, or, or your? I know you mentioned about, you know, it. You you do really well with uh, cover, uh, like a uh, logs and laydowns, and you know, bringing it through that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, well, I, I kind of let the conditions de determine that. Um, of course, if it's bright and sunny, um, in, in the middle of the summer or getting to the summer, they're going to be under the docks. So, you know, instead of a wacky rig, I want something that's going to fall a little faster. So I'll throw this underneath the dots. I'll skip it under there. Um, but if you have conditions where it's kind of cool, it's kind of cold, like, like it's been right here um, on Lanier, they weren't biting anything moving today that I could find. But I picked up the Nico rig and was able to throw it on points, into brush, um, under docks, around rocks, and they were hitting it a lot better than anything else. Um, okay. it's, it's really just, just conditional on the, the weather, the day, how it feels, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're kind of letting the fish tell you what they want and, yeah. uh, you know, okay, cool. Um, now do you throw that on spinning gear or you, uh, throw it on baitcaster? What's your rod and reel setup and your line? No, I throw it on spinning reel. Uh, I, I have a cheap setup here. So for, for anybody that's trying to learn how, how, how to do it, this would be perfect for you. Uh, I have, I think this is a 60 or $70 reel that you can get. It's a Daiwa Revros. It's a LT 3000. I like the bigger size reel instead of the 2500. Um, cause it, when you fill it up, it actually has a higher gear ratio. You could gain line a lot faster with that. Gotcha. Um, I'm throwing, throwing it on SLX Raj Mono SLX. It's a seven foot medium, extra fast. Um, and it's got a lot of tip on it, so it's, it's able to let me load the rod up and skip it really well. Um, I'm able to actually set the hook with these hooks. I don't reel into the fish and lean. I actually set the hook with these. And so it's, so it's a good beginner setup for someone just learning um, so that, you know, if, if they're not used to re reeling down or used to snatching on them, they, they, they can still catch the fish. Um, gotcha. I'll, I'll run it with 15-pound braid. This isn't... Sunline braid. I, I forget what's on, on here, but I like the high vis stuff. So if you can find mm -hmm. some 15 pound sun, sunline, high vis orange or yellow, something like that. And then I run it with a 10 pound cigar red label, red label leader. Um, I usually keep about eight to 10 foot on there. Okay. Oh, cool. And um, that, uh, I, 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 it's funny you say red line because we are just having a, a a uh argument about that uh uh down at the uh dale hollow meetup and uh sunline sunline has a lot of uh people who love it but i i know a lot of people who actually 
aren't a fan of the red line for some reason, you know, and um, it, it's weird that, you know, for, for every person I, I talk to that loves Seagar, uh, there's also 15 people I've heard of, you know, that, oh, I can't stand red label or, you know, and, but yet I was just reading today about uh, a woman who caught a uh, uh, like 12 pound largemouth on 10 pound Seagar red label floor, uh, floral, you know, and it, it took her forever to land it, but uh, she was able to land it without it breaking. So, you know, it's, it's gotta be, you know, somewhat good. You know, it makes me wonder what people are doing with it that they don't like it. Uh, Cause I haven't noticed anything crazy about it, but. Yeah, it's nice. Um, it, it does last pretty good. Um, it's pretty brazen resistant. I can pull fish over cables, over trees, through rocks, and, you know, it'll barely be hanging on, but the fish is in, in the net and then it's cheap enough to where you can run through a spool if, if you want to, and then not have to worry about spending, you know, $30 on a spool of Invisex. You know, you can spend $12, $15 on a spool of Red Label. That, that'll be just fine. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay. So we kind of have an idea of what your, your rod and reel setup is like. Um, how about retrieves? Like what, what's your normal cast, you know, uh, and then you retrieve back to the boat. What's that like? Sure. You always want to make sure it hits the bottom. Um, when uh, I throw it out there, make sure it hits the bottom. And then I just kind of keep a slight bow in my line. And I'll pick up to where I get a little bit of tension on it. And I can feel the worm. And it's just a little bit of just small rod tip shakes. You don't want to overwork the worm. You want to try and maintain bottom contact the entire time. Um, for the most, from, from my optimal retrieve anyway you know you can work it different different ways there's guys out there that when they throw it out it hits bottom they they pull it really far get it off the bottom and let it flutter back down because of that fall sometimes will trigger the bites mm-hmm. um but for me the most successful is just kind of just wiggling it along the bottom so it's kind of like a drag and wiggle at the same time yep pretty much then if you feel the height uh, bite at all then you're hook set and you're swinging for the fences yep that's it sometimes you won't feel a bite you know because you don't shake it the whole time you'll shake it a little bit like this and then you'll pause make sure the worms on on the bottom reel up some slack and then sometimes you won't even feel a bite it'll just be pressure and you can just lean into them just lay into them gotcha gotcha okay and i know you mentioned fishing it offshore like how deep will you go with uh with fishing it uh and are you finding fish with uh like a fish finder or are you more like exploring with it no, I have uh, an old Lawrence Hook 7, so all I got is 2D. Uh, and if I mark something, even if I'm in like 40 foot of water, I, I, I've caught fish on this and 40 foot of water on the bottom. You just drop it down to them. Um, so that's that's about, you know, I'll, if I'm going over a point or a hump and I mark some fish, I can turn around, I can cast it out there a little bit or I can drop on them, kind of like a drop shot. You can right, use right. it multiple different ways, um, but I've caught them as deep as 40 foot on this thing. And when you're going for the deeper uh, deeper fish like that, are you usually bumping the weight up a little bit, or are you just letting it fall? Yeah, uh, some, yeah I, I will, because um, you don't want to sit there and wait forever for this yeah. thing to get down there. Um, I usually have two or three rig, rigged up, um, not on the rod, but I have them rigged up with the O-rings and the weight sitting there beside my seat so that i can just take the hook off and hook it onto it depending on where you know i I see the fish or where i'm fishing that makes a lot of sense so you have a couple different weights tied up like rigged already and that that way you can just pop them on the line and 
Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's a good tip, uh, especially in a tournament situation where you don't want to, when you want to kind of be able to switch relatively fast, uh, fast, you know, between your, your different weights and stuff. So that, that's yeah. a good tip. Cool. Um, trying to think of, uh, what else I would ask about this technique. Um, I know you mentioned that you're, you're one of fuel bottom contact and you, you know, I've heard it described as counting rocks. Is that basically what you're doing? You're just dragging it, uh, wiggling it, feeling it, you know, feeling that bumping over the bottom. Yep. That, that, that's it. Because this doesn't have like a head on a jig or a shaky head. So you basically just have this plastic here. It'll come through a lot of small crevices. Um, as long as you don't, snatch on it or pull it really fast reel it up fast over a a, a, a limb it's not going to roll and these small little weak weed guards they work better than you think that they will um and it'll come through just about anything you can put it in um the only thing about these gfns hooks is these uh weed guards they'll, they'll they'll get worn out whenever you catch a fish and they'll break off so you can break them both off and you can use it as a wacky rig hook or a drop shot hook in, in the future if you want to so you can save some extra money there gotcha that makes that makes a lot of sense i was that was one thing that i uh kind of uh really started doing with the wacky rigs that i was throwing is i um just because of where i was fishing it uh it was very grassy and um uh, i felt found that the weed guards did help a little bit to keep the hook clean i was still having to you know clean off every once in a while but it it did uh um help with that is this something that you fish around grass a lot or or that's kind of uh you, you're looking more for wood wood cover now you can fish it in grass um i fished it in seminole through the grass um it, it does come through the grass pretty well with those weed guards especially the uh like the hot the hot hydro drilly you don't want it around like algae stuff because mm -hmm. you know that stuff will get on anything um right. we just had a tournament on the burton chain up up here and I fished Lake Seed, which is full of hydrilla. And it's got a little bit of millful in, in there. And I'm able to throw this in some pretty thick stuff and pull it through and not have to worry about, you know, the hook catching a piece of grass. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Any other tips with it that uh, you can think of off the top of your head or um, just trying to think of anything I missed? We talked about where you would throw it. Uh, we talked about the reels, the lure, like what baits you use. Um, do you ever well, throw you can, it with anything besides a, a stick bait or most, I know you said that's I, kind of I your, actually got a, uh, a bellows lure out in the car that I'm going to use yep. tomorrow. Uh, they come with their own uh, Nico rig uh, peg. That's that looks pretty cool. You stick it through it and it's got a hole that you put your hook into. So those, those are really cool. Um, but for the most part, this is how I normally fish it just with a worm or with some kind of thing like that. It's really good around bed fishing as well because you can um, switch out the weights. And if you use a heavy enough weight, it'll stay put and you can use a lot of shade, kind of like a drop shot. But mm -hmm. this is on the bottom in like it's touching their beds where where they would lay their eggs and not off the bottom like a drop shot would be. Um, so, you know. With the open hook too, you got a good hookup rate ratio with that. And I would think, as opposed to like a uh, a shaky head where the weight is actually kind of more like a ball on the bottom, that's gonna you know get find its way into crevices and get stuck. Since the weight is pretty much enclosed in the worm, it's not gonna snag 
weight wise as much. I know yeah, I, that's one good thing you mentioned too about the super glue because uh, the few times that I did do it, I did find myself losing that nail weight quite a bit. So that's a good tip to put a little dab of super glue on the top of there just to keep that in there. Yeah, because you'll you'll lose it with the fish come up slinging the worm. You'll, you'll lose a lot of worms that that way too. There's no way around that really. But you know you'll you're skipping under docks, you're hitting floats, and it's just hitting that nail 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 weight. And it, it'll fall out. So you got to be be aware of when uh, you notice your worm falling a little slower. Just reel it up and just check. Just kind of squeeze it if it's totally inside the worm encased in there, just to make sure it's still in there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely a, a good tip because uh, yeah. I'm sure it's not nearly effective. Uh, then you're basically fishing a wacky rig at that point. Yeah, pretty much. And you know, if you're using these bigger weights that uh, have the nails that go inside, but the mushrooms out, outside, and you get caught in a rock. The good thing about this is they just pull right, right out of the worm. You know, you don't lose your whole worm. You don't use the O-ring. You don't lose the uh, hook. So you know, you're not losing as much money. Yeah, that's kind of nice too. Uh, I know uh, the ones uh, when I had tried it, I was using um, a Z-Man worm, and you know they have their own version, like a, almost like a you know a, a mushroom head that sticks in the end. And uh, I was that was I was having pretty good luck with that staying staying in there. But again, like you said, that when it's exposed like that, with when the there's some weight outside of the worm, it does lend itself a little bit more to catching on things and getting stuck. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of like a, a drop shot in that way that if the, the weight snags, then you can still usually get the rest of the rig back without losing right. um, everything. So, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, and uh, I know you've talked about fishing it like, you know, that it's really good for bedding fish. And I could totally see that because if you're just working that through a bedding area, the fish is going to get pretty ticked off watching something knows its way through their their bedding area. So, uh, that totally makes sense why that would work. Um, are you, uh, when it comes to shallow areas, are you more sight fishing at that point or are you, uh, pretty much just, uh, going off feel still? Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I, I usually stay pretty shallow anyway. So if I'm fishing parallel to the bank and I'm, I'm always looking in the water, if I'm seeing fish swim, then I'll know, you know, I, I need to slow down a little bit or decrease my weight. So it falls almost like a wacky rig, but I can still fish it pretty fast. And then, um, and I'll, and I'll know to get off the bank a, a little bit more of a diagonal cast so that, so that I'm not going right over the top of them. And I can stay off a little bit and I can see them swimming and I can, you know, if I see them, I can reel it up, pitch the way they're going and maybe they'll hit it with nine, 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 10. They're not going to, they've already seen you, you know, but. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, I know. So, uh, Okay. Um, I know you mentioned, um, you, you're a big fan of purple. Um, do you find that just in your area is what works best? Or uh, I would think that with, uh, you know, this being a somewhat slower presentation, like natural would be good. Um, as opposed to like, you know, the, the super bright or, uh, uh colors, although depending on your water clarity, I'm sure that pl pay, uh, plays into that. It, it, it does, but I, I tend not to, cared um i guess purple around here is just a hot color for some reason i don't know really what it mimics if it's close to like a dark earthworm uh or something uh, i know these these max scents they got they turn almost a muscadine color in the water um these are a little bit more subtle because they're more of a lighter purple mm -hmm. uh, the dye was but 
you know, I throw them in clear water. I'm throwing them on Lanier today. They didn't seem the spots didn't seem to mind the, the largemouth at Lake Seed, which is super clear. They don't seem to mind. It's just I, I don't know what it is about purple. I just have confidence in purple. It's something I have confidence with something I'm going to throw. Um, and confidence is key in anything that you're doing. If you don't have confidence, then you might as well put it down until you do. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, um, it's kind of weird. Uh, I know I've noticed in the lakes by me, which generally aren't super clear, uh, that I've had a lot of luck with purple baits. Like I, I, I throw, uh, like a, a peanut butter and jelly, uh, um, uh, lizard, like a zoom lizard. And I've had a lot of luck with that and really tried a whole bunch of other colors in that lizard. And for some reason that purple, like the PBJ, the purple and brown really for whatever reason in that like slightly off color water really does well. And I, I, I can't place my finger on it cause I've there's, I, I haven't seen anything in the water that closely resembles that color. So I don't know what it is or if it's just a contrast that they're picking up, but it definitely is a color that works well for me in that kind of water. So. Yeah. I can see that. Cool. Contrast is a lot of stuff. Um, cause I know on the rivers around here, even though it's clear, I'll throw uh, a jackhammer with the chartreuse bot bottom on it, and I'll put a complete chartreuse fluke on it, and them spots will just hammer it. I don't know if they're more sight fishing, like smallmouth, that, that, those sight fe feeders, but I can throw bright chartreuse in some clear water, and they don't care if they're going to eat it. Yeah, that's kind of how the smallies on the Susquehanna are. Uh, when I'm on the river, chartreuse is one of my favorite colors. Um, uh, I use a chartreuse, a blackback uh, um, uh, crankbait, and uh, my chatterbaits are usually either white or chartreuse. Um, it just and my spinnerbaits a lot of times have um, some kind of white or chartreuse in them. It, it's just a really good co color for me on the river, especially. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, um, I, I know um, I want to be respectful of your time, so uh, I wanted to. Yeah, my uh, wife's calling me. <laughs> well, again, I, I definitely will. Uh, will let you go uh, here. I appreciate uh, you coming on. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, some great info. I can't wait to get out and try the Nika rig. Um, where are you fishing tomorrow? What's your tournament? Lake Lanier is a uh, co-event with uh, Georgia Bass Nation and Peach State Kayak Anglers. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, is that a two day event or just a single day? It's just a single day that this time last year. It's a two day event. This time it's just a one day. Okay. I couldn't remember if, uh, I, I knew I had talked to Craig a little bit about, uh, where he thought you might be fishing and he mentioned that. So I, I know, uh, I think, uh, Susie is fishing a two day event this weekend. Cause she mentioned being busy, uh, both tomorrow and, or tonight, tomorrow and Sunday. So I wish her luck too. Um, and, and good luck to you tomorrow. And, um, oh, uh, uh, for the, anybody who wants to follow along with you, uh, what's your social media? Facebook is just Joseph Gayton, I think, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Instagram is Joseph G man Gayton, um, on YouTube, which there's no new videos on there. It's green gorilla hunter. Uh, what was the, the YouTube green gorilla hunter. <laughs> okay. And uh, we will put notes to all these uh, or links to all these uh, on the, in the uh, show notes as well. So if you guys want to check out uh, Joe's uh, stuff on uh, Instagram or on, uh, on the social media, definitely check him out, give him some follows. And um, how about sponsors? Uh, who do you got lined up? 
Sure. Um, for her is officially my only sponsor. For her outdoor apparel, local company here out of Cumming, Georgia. They're actually sponsor, uh, the main sponsor of a Fundamentals of Fishing event tomorrow at Warhill and Lake Lanier. There's going to be 200 new people there. They're giving away rods and reels, tackle, feeding everybody. So it's going to be a cool event for them. Um, but all, all, uh, people that I, that I really like is Dugout Bait and Tackle, of course. They, they, they really support the kayak anglers around here. Definitely, uh, definitely a cool, uh, cool shop there. And, um, I did, I remember when I first, uh, when Craig told me about you, I was looking, uh, checking out your Facebook and stuff. And I saw a lot of stuff about the for her tackle or for her, uh, event. And that seems really cool. And, you know, especially, you know, our show's geared towards a little bit more towards, uh, beginning anglers. That seems like a, a great place, uh, kind of event to go and check out and, you know, kind of, if you're just getting started a great place to go and learn, um, uh, kind of, you know, get your feet wet a little bit. Absolutely. Yep. They're going to be instructors there help, helping them, uh, little seminars. So they're going to have fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, guys definitely go on and check that out. Um, unfortunately this is going to air after that happens, but, uh, you know, you definitely guys can uh, take a look at their page and, um, keep an eye out for future events. Cause it seems like a really cool, uh, company and, uh, doing a lot of good stuff for, uh, anglers in general. So, very cool. Um, well, Joe, uh, oh, Joe I, I, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, thanks for coming on tonight, man. I appreciate I love, uh, thank you so much for taking uh, the time out of your schedule. I know, uh, definitely know what tournament prep is like and uh, get, you're getting stuff ready for the event, uh, the, you know, the fundamentals of fishing event too. So got a lot going on, but I appreciate you taking the time to come on, man. Yeah. I, I, I lost audio. I don't, I don't know on that last call. I'm sorry. No, you're good, you. man. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I appreciate it. Go, right. Good thank luck you tomorrow. For having me. Yep. No problem. And I will talk to you later. Okay. All right. Thank you guys. Um, that this has been another episode of bass fishing for noobs here on the paddle and fin podcast, bringing you where we bring you the techniques, the ticks trip. Ugh, I'm going to start over. So, uh, we thank, uh, Joe for coming on tonight, guys. Uh, be sure and check out his, uh, social media and the sponsors will uh, put the link uh, in the show notes for the for her uh, event that's coming up tomorrow. And um, that way you guys can check out the company and see what they're all about and um, definitely go uh, give Joe some follows on his social media and uh, maybe go out and hit the water with a Nika rig and see what you can uh, pull in. Uh, I, I know we have the uh, May uh, bass fishing for noobs tournament up and running. Um, we uh, had a good showing uh, in the April tournament. I was luckily en lucky enough to uh, get second in that, um, although I, I just can't seem to get first place. I was close this month, um, so I, I love that you guys are challenging me and uh, definitely helps uh, keep me uh, focused and keeping me wanting to get out and hit the water so I can try and keep up with you guys, but you guys are doing an awesome job. Uh, so thank you so much for the support in that and, uh, for the support of the show in general, if you guys have anything you want to, uh, want to want covered any techniques or, um, you know, topics that you'd like to be have covered, uh, you know, you can go on Facebook and, uh, best fishing for noobs, uh, or the paddle and fin noobs group and, and drop it there or uh, just email us um, or uh, check for links in the show notes and, and just reach out to us and let us know uh, if you have a guest that you'd love to hear about or uh, hear from or, or, or any technique or uh, topic that you'd like covered. So again, 
This has been the Bass Fishing for Noobs podcast uh, here on the Pal and Fin podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. You, until next week, guys, have a good night, and we'll catch you later.